is the Becoming Epic Podcast. Becoming Epic. Epic isn't a word that we're just saying. Becoming Epic. Every person is courageous. Fitness became a blessing. It's my secret weapon. I'm living every second motivating you to become epic. Welcome back to Becoming Epic Podcast. My name is Adam Berzowski and I am your courage coach. So um, this week I have such an amazing guest. Um, she came into my life, oh shit, for how long ago? 10 years ago? 2014. Okay, so nine years ago? Okay, so nine years ago. Um, and you know, there's those certain people in your that come into your circle that you don't realize what impact that they're going to make in your life. But this woman has stamped her soul into my life, and I can't picture doing life without her. And her story is not only incredible, um, but she continues to grow and thrive. Oh my God. as a human, as a mother, as an endurance athlete. And I just want to share her story because not only is she just an all around badass, um, but yeah, she just like is all bits of what Epic stands for. So welcome, Anne Lewis. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She's a little nervous, but that's okay. Um, so uh, yeah, I want to dive into your story. Um, so let's take it back to originally why you showed up here and like where you're at mentally and what made you decide to just start on your fitness journey? So I started on this journey back in 2014 because I saw one of my good friends, Angela. Angela. And we had our kids in transitional kindergarten and I saw that she looked so good and I'm like, I've got to lose this baby weight. He's, he's, he's five now. And she's like, Oh, epic. It's a great place. So I went and I started at 189 pounds and I joined on a Groupon actually. <laughs> <laughs> I remember, I think it was the first pictures that you shared with me at your biggest and it was like from your neck down. You didn't even show your face. Yeah. I still have those pictures. <laughs> when we were at Cheer Force. Yeah, it was yeah. just like from your neck down and it was your, <laughs> your body and the way that yeah. you were when you first came. So yeah, it was pretty funny. Okay, so you came in and you originally were into weight loss. Yes, yeah, so I'm like, I gotta lose this weight. The baby's not little anymore, he's five and that's why I joined. That was my original reason. Okay. So then in your first, let's talk about like your first year, because now it's been nine years. Um, Holy (laughs) shit. It's been nine years. What a trip. Um, So what type of results? Like you came in, you started feeling great. Like, let's talk about your first year. Yeah. So I just started coming five days a week and then I started to try to eat better and started to see difference. And then I, I think I was like, I don't know maybe six months in and uh you were teaching the class and you said hey everybody we're gonna do uh this gator run here in uh simi valley as a as a group i'm like oh no i i don't i don't i don't run well we're just gonna do it people can walk people you know we just want to be the biggest group of participants yeah yeah so i'm like all right i guess i can do it even if i have to walk it (laughs) yeah never ran a day in my life but i'll do it so i showed up and there was like i think there was like 80 of us yeah there was close to 100 of us yeah and um 
did it and saw that finish line at that park across from the train station train yeah. station and i came through that finish and i just felt this amazing feeling that i was hooked <laughs> i was like wow this this is pretty amazing so i i gotta do another one of these yeah i think it was a 5k that year 5K yeah it was 10K. a 5k so then yeah. i started researching and i found this love run in westlake and i I was going to challenge myself to do another 5K. So I showed up there and I met these three ladies and they're like, you look so scared. Are you all right? I'm like, yeah, I'm going to do my <laughs> first 5K by myself. They're like, hey, we're doing the 10K. I said, oh, I don't think I can do a 10K. They said, yeah, you can. So they took me over to the booth and I changed my race to a 10K and I ran this 10K with these nurses that I met at the race and then went to breakfast and then I was like, wow, I feel pretty good and I just did a 10K. That's and, awesome. Uh, so then it just got worse. <laughs> you got better slash I'm worse. Like, so I saw that Angela was running and... Um, she would run half marathons and I'm like, maybe I could train for that. And so I asked her and she said, yeah, you can run with me. So I started training with her and, uh, we became racing buddies and, uh, we did our first, uh, half marathon. Wasn't I did, Santa uh, Tennessee? Y yes. Yeah. And we, we wore our Santa hats yeah. and everything. <laughs> and then we just kept going and, uh, so I got kind of crazy. I did uh, 18 halves in one year. <laughs> How many halves have you done so far? Like Probably total? close to 40. Oh, my God. And six 40 club, knuckles, yeah. boom. And um, another funny thing is uh, I thought, well, maybe I could do a marathon. So I went and I found another person in the gym, Paula, and she said she... I think she's like 22 marathons in. Yeah, something like that. Something like that, ridiculous. So I started training with her to do a marathon, and I thought, I'm going to do one and only. So I bought that big, big plaque. <laughs> <laughs> LA, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I finished my first uh, marathon, and I was like, wow, I did that. And now I'm at six marathons. <laughs> Damn, that's so wild. And then I started getting involved in the Spartans because at our gym, we started having a lot of the workouts were more like Spartan-esque. Yeah. Yeah. So I kind of liked it. So I saw there was a Groupon for a, a sprint in Castate. So I literally drove there myself <laughs> alone and I went out there and I met this nice guy, Dylan that had a team there and I was like, he's like, are you by yourself? I'm like, yeah. He's like, let me find someone. What's your pace? So that I told him my pace and he introduced me to this girl, Margarita. And, uh, I ran with her and I hated it at first. And then when I finished it, I'm like, Oh, this is, <laughs> this is good. <laughs> this is good. You gotta love the runner's and high. And um, it just took off. Like it just, everything like, I met a whole group of people that didn't even live in my area and I started racing uh, trail Ragnars with them and road Ragnars with them and it just, it just got more and more. 
Yeah. You know, it's crazy. Like <laughs> the addiction's real. It um, is. You know, it's that sense of accomplishment. It's the doing hard things on purpose to like chase the high. You know, I always say like the runner's high is the best high it's ever. And I mean, I have a tattoo to my body because it's the ultimate drug that I've ever taken. And then the, the, the feeling to continue to chase how much farther and how much bigger and what you can do for yourself is, uh, it's, it's real. And people that don't get it, right. I can't tell you how many times people are like, Oh, Anne's crazy. Like she's so nuts. Like she does all these races. Not only do you do all these races, but generally you do them alone. Alone. Yes. Right. Well, recently you've been doing them alone. Last two years. Yeah. These last two years. Um, but let's dive in a little bit because like there's plenty of racing stories that we have yeah. that we'll share. Um, you know, because I, I don't, it's not just about the racing. It's about you and like the things that you've had to overcome. And this is, I think we talked about this before. Um, we were recording is the fact that like you've gone through so much in your life. Um, and since being Epic, I'll, I'll say, um, you've utilized racing as like an outlet, right? As like a vice, um, you know, so let's kind of dive in on some of the things that you've gone through over the course of these last nine years. Cause between you and I, we've can write a book and yeah. <laughs> uh, um, it'd probably be a, a New York bestseller, um, of the things that we've gone through. But like the fact that you have, you know, we've had our slumps, you know, where we, stop racing, we kind of get in our funks. Um, so what are some of the, cha- like the, the most challenging things that you've gone through um, and then utilize racing to help you overcome that? Well, uh, three years ago, uh, my, when my mom got sick and then um, my dad, mom lived there in Santa Paula, I would have to like go over there and deal with their health and deal with a mental ill sister with bipolar and being attacked verbally every time I went over there and just blamed for everything and dealing with that was so much, but I had to be there for my parents and deal with that. So that was mentally challenging. And then a year ago having to get my sister out of there after my mom and dad had both passed out of their home and just dealing with all that mentally. And then, um, my dad passed almost two years now. Um, and then my son, my 14 year old son was 12 at the time. He just started having problems walking and kept taking him to the orthopedic and the doctors and nobody could figure out what was wrong with his feet. So I had that challenge going on in my life after I just lost my dad and my mom. And finally I got the doctors like, I don't, I just don't know what's wrong with your son. And I'm like, well, I got to find out what's wrong with my son. Something's wrong with my son. I, I, I don't know why you guys can't figure it out. So after six months of them putting my son in a cast and just telling me that he had stress fractures and all the stuff in his feet, he just kept with inflammation in his feet and they couldn't figure out what, what it was. So they wanted to send me to a rheumatologist thinking he had juvenile arthritis 
And then I was like, you know what? I just want him to go to Children's Hospital. I just, I just feel like I need to get him there. And then so I called and they said, ma'am, you can't bring your son here unless you have a referral. I said, well, how do I get one of those? They said, you got to go to the orthopedic that was sending you to a rheumatologist and see if he'll give you a referral to Children's Hospital. And then a doctor has to accept you. I said, well, I have to do that. So I drove down to Ventura Orthopedic after six months of my son not getting better. And I said, listen, I don't care if I have to wait here all day. I said, I need my son's records and I need you to fax it to this office. I need to get my son seen down here. And so... I just stayed there and I, and I got it done and then three days passed and they called me and said, we have an appointment for uh, your son and a doctor's accepted him, but it's going to be three months. I said, he can't wait three months. He's not okay. He's sleeping all the time. He's just not okay. So they put me on a, a waiting list and I called every day, every day. And finally they called me and said they had to cancel it cancellation and uh, I went down there and the doctor just took one look at my son and she's like he 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 looks yellow to me and I said yeah and he's his feet they sent me to the uh, rheumatologist she says I don't know what's going on with them but we're going to run some blood tests mom and don't worry we're going to figure it out so they ran blood tests and uh Three days passed, and they called me and said, we want you to bring your son. This is in December. Uh, we want you to bring down your son, and we're going to admit him in the hospital because we, we want to do further tests because um, some stuff was a lot like showed in his blood work. So they admitted my son, and um, they ended up doing a liver biopsy and a colon biopsy and a stomach biopsy. And, um, I was there by myself because it was during COVID and I could only be one parent in the hospital. So I was there and a team of like 12 people came in and drew on the board and told me that my son had liver disease in front of him and that there was no cure for it, but they could treat the, the bowel, autoimmune bowel disease and the autoimmune hepatitis and um yeah it's like a like a like a stabbing to your gut to know that your child is now sick and you can't make them better so yeah that's been my journey for two years and we spent 14 days in the hospital during christmas and it it was awful you never really realize how many sick kids there is until you're down in that situation. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a pretty wild ass yeah. story. I mean, you definitely have me tearing up being a, you know, a, a father and the fact that like a protector of yeah. our children and like the fact that like we, they look at us like we can fix everything, you know? Well, you would die for your kid. Yeah. You would trade the, you would trade that position for them. Yeah. And that was a hard time for me, worse than my mom and dad and my crazy sister. Yeah. Like when he got out of the hospital, it just, I just started, just got in a funk and I, I just stopped working out, stayed in my pajamas all day. I was like, how could God 
let my kid get sick and not have a cure. So I kind of dwelled on it, but then I, I just had to pull myself out of that. And I had to like realize that I need to be healthy for myself and for my son. So I started signing up for races because I felt like even if he's sick and I have to cancel it or what, I have to focus on something because I can't sit here and dwell on this. So, well, I think like over the last, you know, even prior to all this, like you set yourself up in a way to where, you know, you're a fighter. There's no doubt about that. You know, I, I mean, you bypassed so much of your story, even though your son's story is so insane. And the fact that you did everything to get him the help that he needs and you got it right. Cause it's like some parents and some people don't have the grit or the stamina to, to continue to fight for what you feel is right as a parent. Um, he's been well now he, he's not cured from his disease, but they finally got him dialed in and he has not been in the hospital since October of last year of 22. Yeah. What year are we in? Yeah, 22. He hasn't had to have any more stents put into his liver. He has. He's able to do football, and uh, he's yeah. just thriving, and his blood work has been good. So he's he's just staying good. And so I just live day by day now. I don't think about what it what is in the future because that's just going to make you sick. Yeah. You know? Well, especially because like you went through so many highs and lows, right? It was the fact that we don't have a cure. We can't help him, you know. We can treat the symptoms, but we can't make him better. Yeah. There's there's trials out there right now. And so that's what I do is I try to hope that by the time he's an adult, hopefully his liver will hold up and everything will be good and they'll have a cure for it. Yeah. And And then not only that, but like in my opinion, the human body is like, the most amazing thing (laughs) in the world, right? Like, and this is why I'm in the industry. This is why I love to do what I do is just because, you know, I always use a story about my grandma, like she had stomach cancer and they cut both ends of her stomach and pulled her stomach out and tied the two hoses together. And she was able to live the rest of her life without eating lettuce. That was the only restriction that she couldn't have. And like the human body can given time can create its own cure in the sense, right? With modern medicine and, modern, I guess, I guess medicine, um, to then facilitate a healthy future, you know, but going back to like you being the strong parent of him, right? Because your husband worked, he had to provide for the family, he had to make sure you had a roof over your head. So he played his role in allowing you to do this for your child. And only this, this isn't your only child. You have three other kids, you know, and grandchildren now (laughs) one and one on the way, one and one on the way, um, through all this, because, you know, going back to even like your mom and dad's story, um, which we really didn't even dive into because I think your, your son's story plays a much bigger role in your life. But like you were at big bear Spartan. Yes. When your dad passed your mom. So, yeah. So my dad, my dad passed of a, I think, I think he just fell apart after my mom died, but he, I was his health, uh, decisioner and every day, Monday through Friday, I had to put him in a convalescent in Ventura 
because he needed that medical care. And I would drive every day after I came to Epic down there to make sure my dad wasn't being overlooked, not cared for. So three days before my dad had passed, we had to put him back in the hospital and he had, he had, um, he was like in heart failure. So, um, but he was stabilized and I said, dad, I, I'm just not going to go to my Spartan. I, I'm just not going to go. He's like, you need to go. I'm okay. And that was Thursday. And then I left Friday to big bear because he told me I should go do my race. And, um, I came through the, Oh no, I'm sorry. I got in the start line and the doctor from the hospital was calling my phone and telling me that your dad took a turn and, um, he's not verbalizing and, um, we want to change his care plan to comfort measures only. And I said, Oh my God, I I'm like at a race and I'm getting ready to start my race. He's like, you should go do your race. It's, it's not going to just be right now. So I did, I went up that mountain and I think I was like four or five miles in and they called me again to tell me that they wanted to switch them on a morphine drip. And I said, okay. And, and he wasn't even opening his eyes or whatever. And I started to cry and this lady just came up behind me and she says, are you all right? I said, yeah. I'm fine. My dad, he's passing, I think, right now. She says, I'm a hospice nurse. And it was just so bizarre because she just like hugged me and cried with me. And then I just kept doing my race. And I don't know, mentally, I was just like seeing these two birds. And I just thought, oh my God, that's my mom. That's my dad. I don't know why I was thinking that, but I was. So I came through the finish line. And my family was with my dad and I FaceTimed and they were around his bed and he hadn't spoke. He wouldn't open his eyes. And I said, dad, it's me. It's Anne. I finished my race and he opened his eyes and smiled at me. And something told me to screenshot that picture. And I have this picture of me with my medal and my dad opened his eyes. And then I went back to my hotel and packed my things and I almost made it there, but I was shy of like an hour. And, um, my dad was really close to me. Um, cause he got really sick and, and he just relied on me for everything. And, uh, when I got there, my brother told me that when he walked through the drape, I think he thought it was you because he opened his eyes and I think he was looking for you. And I don't know. I just, it was just so crazy that that happened to me. But yeah, I think that my dad wanted me to go. And, uh, so I think he wanted me to go and he was waiting till I came back. And I think he thought that my brother was me, but that's just what I think, but, and, uh, yeah. You know, it's, it's so hard to relive these moments, right? Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> I'm over here crying. Um, <laughs> but you know, it, it's, it's amazing 
the, t- the type of person that you are, and I just have to vouch for this so I might make you cry more because <laughs> not only um, do you do things so selfish, so selflessly for others, um, that it is very hard for you to do things for yourself. And I always call Anne, she's like the little pit bull, right? She's like <laughs> the most loyal person I've ever met. She will stand by your side till death do us part. So I feel like I'm, I mean, I'm not married to you, but <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like that because I've met several good people in this gym. I, I just don't feel like it's just a gym here. It's a family. And over the years coming here, I've helped after someone helped me become a runner. I helped someone do uh, a Disney half marathon. Then I was really into the Spartan stuff and I believed in one of my friends and I told her you can do the bigger one. She's like, no, I can't. I said, you can and I'll help you. And I stayed with my friend on one of the toughest Spartans in Big Bear (laughs) and she did her beast and that feeling coming through that barbed wire crawl, knowing that I helped her achieve that, that, that was just so rewarding to me. Yeah. But I think that just like, again, going back to your character, right? Like <laughs> you are, the, you, it's, it's like you feed the stray cat once and you never leave their side. And I mean, you did it for me. You know, you did it when in Big Bear again. On that mountain. Yeah. <laughs> on that mountain. And this is a pretty ridiculous story because like I, you know, you know, I was dealing with some mental health issues and um, at the time, you know, not knowing what the future was holding for my life that you stuck with me. I mean, we weren't racing specifically together that day. You end up catching up to me and I was sitting on the side of the mountain just dead, like yeah. wanting to give up. I've never, I've never not finished a race. No, it wasn't like you. Yeah. I've never all. not finished a race. Yep. I have, you know, I've, I've been through every big endurance event up to this point and I was done yep. and my ex-wife left me on the course. No, she was trying to, y- oh, yeah, she yeah, was yeah. yanking your chain, yeah. y- yelling was, at you. Yeah. And I said, you know what, Caitlin, you just, you just go, go you yeah. just go ahead and go. I'll stay with Adam. <laughs> yeah. So she left yeah, and she it left. was better and we just, completed it. Yep. And like, and we sat there and cried and <laughs> farted. farted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cause I just didn't give a shit. Cause I was just like so done. And I'm like, you could do this. Yeah. I, it was so weird for me because it was like the roles switch because yeah. you always believe in me. Yeah. And, 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 and you know what I mean? Yeah. And I think with where, our relationship has gone over these years, right? Because it's, it's again, I care about every single person that comes in here, but you and I have just such a different relationship. And, um, you know, and, and that moment has always felt so special to me. And then seeing you go through, because this was, what, 2018, I think it was, when this yes. happened with you and I. Um, and then watching you deal with your, your family, your son, you know, it, it, it brings such... Just, I don't even know the word Abner. No, that's not the right word. I don't. I don't, don't want to sound stupid when I'm trying to sound sophisticated. Um, <laughs> but like it, it just like the grit that you have. You know, it's like staying with your friend who you said like I'll stay with you the whole time. It was like a 12 hour race. You know, I mean, it's you have this mindset. You have this grit that can't be duplicated. Like I've yet to meet somebody who not only continues to 
bypass. I mean, and this is everything that has to do with everybody else that doesn't even include all the issues that you personally go through, right? <laughs> um, and continue to then fight forward because you know what Spartan and health and life and the importance of doing these types of things, right? To then combat what life is going to throw at you, right? Because if you weren't as mentally strong, you wouldn't have been able to go through what you went through with your parents, right? Right, dealing with your sister, yeah, which was a whole <laughs> different mind fuck, yes. Because like, I mean, you showed me a lot of the stuff that you were going through at the time, and like, it was awful, verbal, yeah, so verbal, yeah, abusive, totally. When all you're really trying to do is help someone, yeah, right. Um, and then to watch you go through with what you went through with your son, which is like heart wrenching, right? And then not only that, all within that, you've got your own issues, right? You, you know, we just talked about it, your heart. So <laughs> let's talk about that. Yeah. So all of a sudden, last month, I go to the cardiologist because I have this uh, hole that I was born with in between the walls and I take a baby aspirin for it. Just, just more of a risk for a stroke or heart attack. But uh, so I go and get an echo done and she says, Hey, so, um, there's a change in your heart. Uh, your left and right, uh, chambers are enlarged. And I said, what? She says, yeah, they're enlarged because you're an endurance athlete. I'm like, what? She's like, yeah. And the only way to fix this is to stop working out and exercising. And I'm like, <laughs> what? I said, now you're scaring me. She's like, well, you know, there's no proof that something will happen and you'll have atrial fib, but there's more risk for you to not work out because it's your happy place. It's your, yeah. f you know, she says it's like when people retire, they die yeah. <laughs> from something else. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So she says, you know what? You're healthy go do your races. I said, are you sure I've got a lot coming up this year? She's like, no, I'm sure you just go do that. And, um, there's no research now that has proved it will happen to you. So just go run your races and I'll see you in six months. And I'm like, all right. Yeah. But I was like freaked out because like, that's the only way to make the enlargement go down is to stop exercising. Yeah, which is mind boggling to me. And like, I get it because it's like, I mean, you don't just do simple no. 5Ks and 10Ks. No, I. You're talking like mountain races in elevation. Yes. For hours, right? You're, in I a mean, weekend. In a weekend. Instead of uh, doing three different event yeah. events. Yeah. So to fill you in, so she does these things. It's the Spartan Trifecta weekends where you do a beast on Saturday and then on Sunday you do a sprint, a super and a sprint. And. So it's called a trifecta weekend. You do all three distances in two days. Basically. Right. Half so, marathon, 10K, and, and 5K. a 5K. So t in essence, it's almost like an ultra marathon. Yes. And like 90 obstacles. With some gaps yeah. in between to sleep and to eat and to refuel. Right. In essence. And I mean, it's like, but it went from running a 5K in, in, in 30 minutes. Okay. Right. To now, now you're spending what you're out there for maybe six hours on the first one, yeah. two, two to four hours on the second one. And then just getting right back on the start line. And then and getting right the back sprint. on the start line and starting the sprint. So I did that two weeks ago in Utah, which is a hard race because it's very hot there. Yeah. But I definitely have gotten crazy minded in the head because I actually raced open because 
to me, it would be very challenging to try to do all three in a weekend. And um, I actually uh, came in second for the beast in my age, first out of 20 women in my age for the sprint. (laughs) And that's the baby one. Yeah. And then... The super, I came in second. So and that's I, after doing all the races. Yeah. That's not just doing one race. That's doing I literally all three. had to go out to the registration and stand in line for my sprint right after I finished the super and then get right back in the start line. <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, close to 25 miles. Yeah. The the beast was like 4,000 something elevation climb and the super was insane. like 2,000 something. And yeah. then the sprint was 1,000 something. But I felt like I got to go back and do that next year because yeah. now I know that I physically and mentally can. Yeah. And I'm out there by myself. So if I can't do something, I can do the penalty. Why am I not racing age? I would have podium three times. Yep. <laughs> and I am a medal whore and I will get three more medals. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, you so are. <laughs> I actually never believed that I could race age. Um, Nick and Abby used to always tell me and I'm like, no, I can't. They're like, you can do it. So actually next month I'm going to do San Jose, which I've never even done that course. And I'm racing two of the races age for the first time in my whole Spartans of 49 that I've done. (laughs) Wow. That's so crazy. You got me beat. I do have one ultra Spartan yeah. that we did in 2019 19, with yeah. Helling Snow and yeah. Hail Snow, 200 yard swim and lightning, thunder. Oh. God, what else? And we 20 degrees. Yes. Yeah. Yes. In a snow. It's been out. my one and only. That's the one I have not repeated. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not yet. So I was going to do it when COVID hit, but then we. Yeah weren't able to do it so we canceled it so that never happened yeah i think we all signed up for 2020 right yeah, yeah we were gonna go they, back and do it again they canceled it but i haven't done that but um i'm gonna race um age next month so i'm a little nervous because i've never done that course but i don't know i just like a good challenge and mentally and phys- physically it's just good for me to keep races in my future because it just makes me mentally stay focused and keep my health good for yep. I can be healthy for my family. See, I think knowing the facts, cause they always say we believe in you until you believe in yourself. Right. <laughs> and literally you just said it. You said, I have, I, you know, that you, you now believe that you can do anything you set your mind to. Right. And I, and I, want to utilize the things that you've gone through right with your family with you know every i say training partner you've gone through quite a bit because i think you've outlasted every training partner that you've ever had right because you just continue on and they kind of peter off right yeah um including me right but i am going to do that berlin marathon yeah which is with paula yeah uh, september so um so yeah so she has this Bernie partner who's another client, long-term time client of mine, um, who's a big time marathoner. And they recently did, what was the New most, York. Oh yeah. New York was the last one you guys ran together. Oh right? no, we did big bear. Marathon. Oh yeah. The revel, the yeah, big bear revel. Year. Yeah. Um, and now they're going to Berlin, which now they're going into different countries to run a marathon. Yeah. We put ourselves into a lottery and we both got in. Yeah, so we're, which, we're going there, which is incredible. <laughs> um, but it's all started with somebody believing in you, knowing that you can do 
something hard, right? Yes. But then going through everything that you have with Spartans, because you've done Big Bear, which is the hardest race in Spartans circuit across, I think, the world, because they're, you know, international. Yeah. Um, seven times. You've done it seven <laughs> times, <laughs> which is... That's why I challenged myself to do the, the Big Bear weekend, and I was almost five miles in on the super, and it was lightning, and yeah. they literally came with scissors and cut off our bands, and I was like, are you kidding me? I was trying to do something that I I trained so hard for to do all three of those races, so yeah. I am already signed up for next year to go back and get those three. Yeah, which I t- <laughs> I don't know. I, the whole thing that happened this year with Big Bear with them <laughs> canceling that race over the threat of lightning that really didn't come to fruition. Like I get safety fact matters, but like it this, never even happened. But this, I know that I sat in my car for an hour to see if they would restart the race, yeah, and they didn't. I know, and that was so upsetting to me. Yeah, and the fact that like. <laughs> You know, in in my mentality, right, like especially with the Spartan race specifically, like you go out intentionally to do something hard no matter what the weather is, right? And I understand safety with like lightning and thunder just because you're on metal rigs and things like that and obstacles are all metal. But like we sign waivers in the waivers it, that say it, it's crazy because you, yeah, I remember if you do this race, you may die. Right? I remember we were. Um, in Tahoe doing the ultra and uh, they locked us in a snow, like yeah. a snow shed thing. Yeah. And I was so upset because I said, listen, I'll sign your paper. I paid a lot of money for training and I traveling, traveling the hotel. And I am not, not going to get this ultra. Yeah. You got to let me out of this thing. Yeah. They didn't, they didn't even stop the clock. I know. And I was so stressed out that, but we, we still finished it, but I just remember that that was awful. And that's kind of like how Big Bear was because I paid for extra day to stay there because I knew I'd be too tired to drive down that mountain after, after doing a super and a sprint the next day yeah. and to be just told, sorry, it's canceled. I was just like so upset. Yeah, because I almost finished a super and I saw people walking down the street with a super uh, and it was the uh, World Series one. So they had that special Special medal medal, and I'm all about the medal. (laughs) And they were telling me that they literally had five obstacles left and were given the medal, even though they didn't have to finish. Oh, yes. Yes. And that was upsetting to me. That's disheartening. But I did get a credit for the Super and Sprint, and I'm going to Nashville in October to do a Super and Sprint. Awesome. To get that trifecta, yeah. Hell yeah. And so, like, to me, again, like, you know, you always kind of pressing forward, right? It's like, what are some of the things that you do? Okay, so let's, because I want to, like, deliver some value to, like, you know, our listeners to you know, think that they can't do something like this, you You know, like what, because like, I think you're the, you're the type of person now who now influences others, right? Because you talk about it, you post about it, right? But you're also so humble about it, right? So the fact that like, oh, I just did a Spartan trifecta weekend and then like, it, like it's no big deal to you, right? Because it is. And other people here look up to you. I'm sure there's people on social media that look up to you by just you continuing to do this, 
even though you're technically doing a lot of these by yourself, right? All of them. Um, yeah. yeah. Like Utah, you went with nobody. Like yeah. you spent time with your I son. I borrowed my son's car yeah. and drove there, did the races and came <laughs> home and yeah. see my grandson. Yeah. Like, but, so what, so what are some of the things that you continue to work on, um, say mentally, like to continue to drive forward, um, because like there's again like a lot of people that don't believe that they're capable of doing something like this like what do you tell yourself what are some of the tools that you now use to continue to just be a freaking badass uh, you know i i just i know that a lot of it is just like what i was eating and putting in my mouth mm. so changing my food really made a difference and like eating healthy and just trying to change up my my racing to where it's more of a challenge to my to mentally to me makes me press harder like i don't know yeah it's it's crazy because like well i guess it's kind of hard to like you know have say like i do x y and z because like yes nutrition plays a huge role in it like you know we recently went through your nutrition to like yeah and that made a huge difference because i thought you had to eat less Mm -hmm. to lose weight Mm -mm. and i had this five pounds on for over a year and then i came and met with adam and and i changed my nutrition and i had mentally it was hard to understand that i could eat more and lose weight, and all of a sudden I dropped weight. Yeah. And. But then everything changed. Your performance changed. Yeah. You know, it's like your prep I, changed. I've been, yeah, following training plan. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing is, I still feel like I'm working to get better. And yeah. that's why I try to explain to even my husband, like, every race, even if it's the same race uh, that I do, Every time it seems like I just can improve and get better and better. Yeah. And this last one in Utah, this was my third year of doing the beast. I went there last year was six twenty, I think was mine, and I was a five thirty. Wow. I have just gotten faster since yeah. I've lost weight and following a training plan. But I was still scared. I even told my husband when I left, he's like, you're crazy. Why, why do you do them all in one weekend? I'm like, I don't know. It's very challenging to me. Yeah. I said, but I am a little nervous. I'm scared. I hope I don't die. Because <laughs> yeah. it's very hot there yeah. in, in July. Well, it's like people don't realize because you're in Utah and it's all beautiful <laughs> it's in the mountains. It's awful hot. It's a desert. Yeah. yeah. It is straight desert. So he's like, why do you do that? I said, because it's challenging to me. And I, like a, I, 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 I just like a good challenge. And I remember when I was leaving two weeks ago, I said, I just want you to know that I love you and I loved you in case I don't come back. He's like, why do you say that? I said, because this is extreme what I'm doing. I usually just do one race and I'm going to try to do all three. Yeah. And he's like, well, you came back. But I remember telling him, I just want you to know that I love, I loved you yeah. in case I don't come back. <laughs> yeah. he's like you're crazy why do you do this are you ever gonna stop i said listen if i do have something that causes me to have a a disability or something starting to happen i'm gonna slow down and yeah and back off yeah but it's my mental like if i don't work out i feel down well the way i look at it it's kind (laughs) of like saying like you got diagnosed with cancer, you're supposed to take this medication, right, for the rest of your life. 
and it's like skipping a day on your medication, right? And that's it, how much I look at, at, at exercise and I doing things happier. like this. Yeah, it puts something. It's your in medicine. Your, it, it really is. Yeah, and, and it's the healthiest. You know, there are obviously risks when it comes down to endurance, right? You, I mean, not just the economics of the weather and the courses, but on you know right. what we put our bodies through because yeah. like it's extreme. It is very extreme, and but then like the reality of it is, is like we actually used to be a lot more extreme when we would hunt and gather for our food when we were, you know, cavemen and we'd have to go out for hours and hours and hours on it. And so our bodies are actually meant to do things like that and continue to be challenged. We just live in a society where you go to the grocery store and you go pick up food, you go back home, you sit on your ass the rest of the day, Yeah, you know, and I we don't have that. to do that. I right? used to be the bomb bomb eater watching soap operas on the couch. <laughs> You know, those little bonbons? Yeah, I do, I do. The ones from Trader <laughs> you know, I, I was 220 pounds. Wow. After I had my firstborn, I got up to 220 pounds. And yeah, I, I was depressed and unhappy. And yeah, I just never want to get back to that again. But you can do whatever you put your mind to. I've learned that being here at Epic because I never thought I'd, turn into what I turned into. So you just have to believe in yourself. Yeah. And And it's not easy. Yeah. Like I don't, I don't, I don't, I like running, but I don't, I don't like think, Oh, I want to go out for a run. Yeah. It's the goal. It's like, I have to do this training. I have to do this running or I'm not going to be able to do what I like. And the feeling of me coming through a finish line is the best for me. Yeah. And I don't know what happened to me, but I just got the hook. Yeah. And that's why I always tell people here, they're like, oh, I can't run. I'm like, that's what I said. <laughs> You're either going to have it or not. Yeah. Basically. You're just going to get addicted or, or not. And, but see, the th- I think this, the thing is, is some, most people are also, they're too scared to willing to try, right? Just because of the fear of the unknown, the everybody in history running's bad, like yeah. running hurts your yeah. knees and blah, 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 right? And it's like, and that just embeds this I can't do it mentality until somebody comes around like you, right? Where, again, you're not a professional athlete no. you don't get paid to do this no. we actually pay money <laughs> to then suffer i know and, qu- and a lot of money between traveling yeah the races yes. training food i mean yes. you go down the list you're talking like a full-time salary you know yeah. and i get it that's why i always used to tell my husband i don't want chocolates i don't want <laughs> <laughs> i don't want anything like that i just want race money yeah <laughs> and he used to think that was so weird about like yeah. For Mother's Day or whatever it was, I'd always be like, I just want cash. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or or vouchers. Yeah, it could be race vouchers. Um, and I love that. But I hope, you know, you know that you are inspiring a sh- ton of people and including myself. And I, you know, it, it, it baffles me the things that you've gone through and that you keep the attitude you do. You keep this, the your personality you're the most authentic person i've ever met like you know and and, i mean we have a lot of great people here don't get me wrong i know you know and and i think every time even in classes that you don't come to and people don't know you they know who you are because of who you are (laughs) which is amazing right and so and it's the impact and which is why i've been begging you to be on my freaking podcast um (laughs) forever and 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 you know and like to give people hope you know, cause it's like, you can do yeah. what you put your mind to, even if it's just a weight loss. Yeah. You know, 
Because that is somebody's marathon, right? It is. And somebody's 5K. There's a guy that, um, I think you've heard of him, the James Lawrence. He's the Iron Cowboy. He's the guy that did the 50 Ironmans in 50 states in 50 days. <laughs> this dude's nuts. Like, you think this, okay, this There's is There's a, a guy here that goes here. That, yeah. That Ironman. Yeah, he's Howard. amazing. I met that guy here. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's insane too. But what this guy <laughs> says is he says, your heart is no different than my heart, or your heart is just as hard as my heart. They're just different. Right. Because what's hard for you is somebody else's 5K. Right. What's hard for you is somebody else's five pound weight loss, 10 pound. But it weight was loss, hard whatever. for me. Yeah. And it's still, it's, but still, it's still hard, hard. And I still have to watch yeah. everything I put in my mouth. But you got to have some enjoyment in your life. Yeah. So on the weekend, I just eat what I want. Yep. Even if it makes me feel like crap the next day. Yeah. And you have, and you have that harmony because I don't like using the word balance because you have that in your life to be able to enjoy your life. In in all aspects, you're you're enjoying being a wife. You're enjoying being a mother now, a grandmother, which is still baffle me because you look like you're in your thirties. <laughs> no, I'm going to be fifty this uh, which year. Which is nuts. <laughs> I know. Which is, I wish. Which is so crazy. Um, but then to like, like I said, to overcome the things and challenges that you have because everybody's got excuse my French, but fucked up family dynamics, right? Yeah. And no matter what family you come through, we all gone through shit, right? Yeah. We all have our issues. Um, but you continue to push past and drive and be a driving force and even positive for others because even when you're going through your shit with your mom, your dad, your son, you still met with your friends. You still trained with the yes. people that you yes. committed to, um, which is like so insanely awesome yeah so you well, should be very proud I, it's kind of because of because of you i mean i i came here and i just got the yeah addiction well and it's not just a gem to me yeah no this is family it's my family sure. and i've met new people recently because a lot of my people that i had in my 9 30 class don't come to my class anymore and now i've made new friends yeah i don't know and then i just tell my story and they're like wow yeah I'm like, see, you can do it. Yeah. You you can do it. Yeah, and they don't even know half the shit you've gone they're through. They're like, I thought you were, I didn't know you did all that. I'm like, yeah, I'm actually going to Utah. And they're like, what? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's just. Yeah, and then going to Utah by myself. Yeah, people yeah. people inspired me. Yeah. And then, and then I don't you, know, still to yeah. this day. But. but then, but again, it's kind of like what someone has done for you, you have turned around and now you're doing for others. Which is like, I mean, that's life. That's the epitome, in my opinion, of like true wealth. Because like, I think to me, wealth is not a financial goal or a financial being. It's the impact that you're willing to make and you're capable of making in this world. And I, I feel like even your kids, uh, like my son Riley, uh, recently, when you asked me to do the podcast, I'm like, nah, I can't do that. Cause I, I just didn't think I could do it. He's like, mom, you should, you should mom. You're crazy. Like, I am. And it just kind of made me feel good because maybe I make him feel like you have to keep going and trying because he's, he wanted to do football so bad. He asked me in September and I was like, in my brain, I was like, Oh, he's, he's weak. He takes all this medicine. I don't want him to do that. And he's like, I want to try, but most kids have been playing their whole lives. I said, don't worry. So I went online and I found me this football coach from Moore Park. And I paid him since September. And he took Riley to the park twice a week for an hour of practice. And 
he believed in himself and he he's a freshman going into Simi Valley High School and uh, he's <laughs> awesome. on the football team. And every day when I drop him off for a three hour practice in 90 some degrees weather, I freak out for a minute <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God, please let him be a good be good yeah but just the other day him telling me you should do adam's podcast i felt like maybe i'm an example for him that i'm strong and you could push through anything you put your mind to because he doesn't let his illness get him down yep he never acted upset except for the day they told him that all that was wrong with him and he's had to go through so much yeah and Maybe I'm an example for him. So sometimes I feel that way because that made me feel good the other day when he said, you should do Adam's podcast, mom. Yeah. Well, I hate to break it to you, but you absolutely are a role model to him. I mean, he wouldn't be able to get through. He wouldn't be where he is today without you. And I think now he's at that because he's 14. Yeah, he's 14. Yeah. He's been two years sick. Yeah. yeah well, he's been, yeah. I think he might not tell you, but he's so grateful for what you have done for him because of now what he's able to do. And you have shown him by leading, right? And this is like where leadership goes by leading by example, by you not just say, Hey, you need to do this yeah. by you proving to yourself. He believed in himself. Yeah. And even yesterday I picked him up and I was a little worried because he went over three hours and it was hot and he says, hey, mom, do you think you could hire that football guy for Sunday to do some extra catching with me, uh, throwing the ball, whatever? And I'm like, sure, Riley. But it just made me feel like he he's just he's really trying to. Yeah. And then he's always the first thing he does when he gets in the car is they do one hour weight training and then they do two hours um, practice. He always loves to share Hey, I picked up the cage thing. I, I don't know what you call it with the, where the weights on it and you get in the middle of it. Oh, the hex bar. He's yeah. like, and I was able to do, wait, how much does that weigh? Like he's so excited to like share what he's doing in the gym. I love that. And I love it because he, he tells me because I think he enjoys like talking to someone that is doing something and gets running, it. challenging, Yeah, you know? Yeah, so I, I just kind of seen how he's growing, and he's only been doing this for a month now. It's, yeah. But, yeah, he's not giving up. He's like, most people quit during the summer. And, yeah, he's dead tired when he comes home, <laughs> but he's just doing so well, and he believed in himself and makes and, me feel good that yeah. I helped him. Yeah, and that's all because of you. Yeah, do I want him to be rammed? playing football and all that, but I can't put him in a bubble wrap. No. I have to let him live life. That'd be like him saying, hey, mom, I think that <laughs> doing a 20 hours worth of endurance racing on a weekend is a little too much. And yes, it's what and, you do. And he supports that. And he always comes out and says, let me see your medals. Yeah. And it just always makes me feel so good because he just, he just wants to be involved in my fitness journey yeah, and that's why I had to get out of that funk and that's why I had to get back to myself but all your kids I mean not just Riley because he's gone through a lot I yeah. mean like like all your kids are amazing you have one in the military you've yeah. got one in living her best life in freaking the Hamptons <laughs> New York yeah. and you yeah. know doing something that she loves to do and then you have you know your son like, in Utah who's even when my I mean, not to go jump around subjects, but even when my dad was passing, I was sitting in the convalescent and the Marines were in Iraq and my son was over there guarding that, that gate. The and airport. for two days, yeah. I didn't know if my son 
was alive. And I was freaking out like, oh my gosh. But even that happened during this whole phase before I even knew that my son was sick. My dad was passing and my son was over there. And when he came home, he says, mom, they took our phones because they didn't want us to call our families until they contacted those 12 Marines that died. And I thought, oh my God, what would I have done if I would have lost my son? But that's another story. Yeah. So somebody last year organized a run. Souls run, yeah. And I was in my kitchen, and my son asked me to bring those Marines over. Now, mind you, I forgot my son actually guarded that gate. Yeah. And two hours before, it would have been my son that I lost. Wow. Because he said, "Mom, I was relieved," and that's when this happened. So, to go back to the run here and see me last last year. So I'm in my kitchen. He brings these 12 Marines with him from <laughs> Camp Pendleton. And they're like, yeah, we're going to do it. We're going to do it in full gear. Bat. I have like, marathon with yeah. the boots and everything. Right. Yeah. We got to do the 13 for the 13 fallen soldiers. Yeah. And I'm like, nah, I'm good. They're <laughs> like, so they talked me into it and I ran a half marathon with these Marines bleeding in their shoes yeah. and everything because I'm, you know, that's what you do. So even that's funny. Like, like yeah. this is even another funny thing. So my son was in line in the Marines and the guy was bragging about going to big bear to do a beast. And he says, Oh, my mom's doing that one. <laughs> so it's kind of cool. Like just different things in my life have just like, yeah. I don't know. It's been kind of cool. My kids tell me like, Hey, I tell them, my mom does that, my, this and that. So yeah. So I just thank you for yeah making me into what you made me into, Adam. Well, I thank you for <laughs> doing life with me. And yeah, I mean, it's crazy. Yeah, it is crazy. Well, I love you. Um, yeah, I think we can go down rabbit holes of more stories, but um, if that didn't inspire you, because it definitely inspires me um, to continue to show up every day, getting through the hard shit because we are all going through it. Um, so just let this be a lesson to everybody. Just never, ever, ever give up hope. Um, no matter what you're going through, um, find that support system of people that align with your core values is I think the end result because, you know, We've cried on the side of a mountain (laughs) multiple times. I mean, we've gone through races, family drama, divorces, you name it. We've gone through it together and um, you're stuck with me for a lifetime. So that's... uh, There's no other gem like this place. Amen. (laughs) There isn't. Yeah, we're going to be buried in this place. (laughs) So, um, well, I hope you guys got uh, definitely some inspiration. Go out there, do something because... uh, We believe in you until you believe in yourself and every person is courageous. Thank you for listening to the Becoming Epic Podcast. If if you're still listening to this, that means you took something away from this episode. Make make sure you leave a review and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Becoming Epic.